So in in the course of so many people being forced to take a break from scuba diving, it kind of got me got me to thinking about some of the times that you know you you've you've walked away from something, came back to it, and well you you really hit a point where you can either come back to it and have to start all over again versus come back to it and actually have have improved at what you were doing. More than that. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Before we can add new information... Newest data needs to be processed. The reward of actually doing that. You're going to find wasn't doing that. The reward was getting to the point of doing that. Hey. Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast. You're here with, <laughs> with uh, you're here with Lebowski sweater Brando. Hey man, that's just like still in his PJs, Jamesy. Those are camouflage PJs. Is that a onesie you got? It's uh, yeah, it's a onesie. That's <laughs> <laughs> a onesie. It's got the old old school butt flap on it and everything. James is still the king of cute. Flannel, uh, flannel undies. My, <laughs> my grandma sewed me these when I was Not, 13. I can still fit into them. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep stretching. So, um, we're, uh, we're recording this like the day after our Facebook Live, which, uh, we definitely want to say everybody that participated in the Facebook Live, thank you so much because it, it ended up being way more fun than I was expecting it to be. Agreed. It, I was uh, I was kind of uh, in a bit of shock at, that we had so many folks out there that actually uh, tuned in, listened to us. That's great. It's yeah. Nice talk. Uh, we definitely had some uh, some technical difficulties getting going, um, but I'm glad it all worked out there. Uh, that was we're gonna try to fix that and clean it up again. But I think we're gonna try to do another one and actually make it like more of a more of a real episode like we typically do and then um, take some of your guys's questions and comments along the way rather than just a fun free-for-all kind of like we did last night but boy I mean we had like 450 comments here that I'm going through some great suggestions for show ideas uh, a lot of just uh, hellos and thank yous and just it was really awesome to share that experience with everybody so thank you everybody who participated I had a blast. Very, uh, very inspiring for someone like me, who's you know, James does this for the fame. I'm doing it because I'm James's buddy. That's about it. I'm not a fame junkie. I'm gonna do this until the day comes where I get recognized in the uh, grocery store by some. <laughs> well, that that's so, gonna pull your your fire there, dude. You'd be like, 
I told you the the one day I was walking the dog here in the neighborhood and I saw the guy's truck with the Great Guy podcast sticker on it. It was like, that's how I knew we had arrived. You know, it's like somebody, I don't know this guy, and he's got a Great Guy podcast sticker on the back of his truck. Yeah, yeah, pretty awesome. That was a big one right there for me. So um, I, I did want to also say, though, that there was um, – I was surprised at the number of people who were – Still trying to get some diving in out there. Well, good on them. I, uh, we need the rebels. You used to be a little more of a rebel, but we, you know, rebellion has kind of been, uh, politically incorrect these days. Listen, and, uh, I don't like that. When it's socially acceptable to make yourself a bloody Mary at eight o'clock <laughs> <laughs> in the morning, <laughs> kind of takes away a little bit of the urge to, to get out and go diving though. Well, you gotta, you just gotta plan it. That's all. You know, there was a time where that would be considered signs of being an alcoholic. Now it's just <laughs> you're being a responsible citizen. Exactly. Staying at home, sitting on the couch, watching <laughs> TV and, and drinking. Yes, yes. I'm doing my part. Just doing my part, people. Trying to flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna save my lungs from the, from the virus, but I'm gonna kill my liver. Be a bigger tax on the uh, medical system. Yeah, that'll get them. That'll get them exactly. So you, but it, it appears that some of the like some of the states have a little bit of differing. Oh yeah, they do restrictions going on. You know, on access to the water and whether you can go and how you can go. And... You've got sane people. You've got not so sane people running. You know. I don't know. There's people that can think for themselves, and then there's not. Um, don't you don't you think it's a little overkill? I mean, in your honest opinion, don't you think that what we're what we're experiencing, we in Michigan, is uh, overkill and going to do a lot more damage than the, the freaking virus? I think it's going to do way more damage, no doubt about it. And, and like you and I were talking a little bit earlier, right? You've got these businesses which were deemed essential, like. Uh, Home uh, home improvement companies that are on television advertising that hey we've got a completely zero contact socially distant business uh, no physical exchange whatsoever we can do housework for you we'll replace roofs you know uh, do new gutters and stuff like that which is deemed essential because if you got a hole in your roof it's got to be fixed but now you've got all these people that are sitting around with you know, that might have money that they would have spent on taking scuba classes, doing a trip, buying equipment, but because our business is deemed non-essential, they're going to spend that money somewhere else, and it's never going to come back to us, which no. is unfair. Like, like you would think that the governors would be able to say, listen, if you can run your business and you can do it, zero man. contact, fully sterilized, socially distant, you can continue to operate, not just a... You can do this. You can't do this mentality. I don't. I don't. I don't get the thinking behind it. Not to mention, it's just unconstitutional. I don't care if there's emergency powers. I mean, there's a way around it. I mean, I get it. I, I get the flattening the curve. I get to stay at home. I, I get them being so yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm really okay with it. Um, but at some point, I mean, when the shit hits the fan and you get all these what were deemed non-essential businesses just flipping the bird to the American economy and starting our own black market underground economy, which 
Uh, I think history books will show that that's somewhere in our future. Yeah. Well, yeah, they'll find a way uh, because it's going to be it's going to come down to life and death kind of thing. You yeah. need to survive. They're, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to send you a few hundred dollars here. Big deal. That ain't going to cut it for, like you say, if this thing goes on, like it probably will. Because, again, they didn't think past the nose on the front of their face that as soon as you open the doors, the number's going to go right back up. It's uh, not going to. Uh, yeah, I hate to tell you. I don't see that ha- happening at all. Yeah, it's not going to be like magically disappear. It's just like, you know, anything else. It, it's going to come back until we get that quote unquote herd immunity, supposedly. So in, in the course of so many people being forced to take a break from scuba diving, it kind of got me, got me to thinking about some of the times that, you know, you, you've, you've walked away from something, came back to it and, well, you, you really hit a point where you can either come back to it and have to start all over again versus come back to it and actually have have improved at what you were doing. And for, for really for our listeners, you know, we're talking about diving, but it could really be, you know, anything, you know, that you, you get wrapped up in, whether it's, you know, a s- different sport that you do, a uh, instrument you play, a, uh, you know, an art that you do. You know, sometimes you, you can really get overwhelmed with what you're doing where, uh, I think you're like, you're making mistakes and you don't, you don't even realize that you're making. So sometimes taking a break actually can help you improve when you do get back at it. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, especially while well, like diving, I find train and train and you reach these little plateau levels and it yeah. doesn't seem like you're, you're getting any better at all. And. I think it does help when you get there to step away from it for a minute, maybe reevaluate. Maybe you're doing that subconsciously, too, but uh, step away, come back after a little bit, and, and you kind of can can leap off of that plateau a little bit. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, so when you're when you are new at, at anything, you're you're in that basically data input, data collection phase. Uh, and because you knew so little, you have big leaps really fast as far as improvement in your ability. Um, those plateaus are really, really high and they're really, really short. You keep getting better and better and better and better. And the, and the longer you're in something and, and the more experienced, I guess you are or think you are, those plateaus get shorter in height. And longer, but there's always another plateau ahead of you. Exactly. Agreed. So, um, so I got this article from the men's journal, not the men's journal that uh, I was showing everybody on the live feed last night. This is the actual men's journal. And, uh, there's an article by, uh, Charlie Kearns titled The Case for Taking a Break from Your Sport. And uh, this is pretty cool. I think uh, people are going to dig it, and uh, we're going to have a little diving spin on it that they don't really have in here. But uh, in my opinion, it it all applies. So he says, there's a school of thought in sports from traditional to action that the best strategy for getting better is to do it all the time. This goes for training as well as general play. But a not-so-new yet still underrated concept about performance optimization exists. One that could actually be the key 
to push him past your limit. And he gives us a couple reasons why taking a break from your sport may be the best thing to up your sports game. Could it be psychological? Is that part of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that's that, like, that's that roadblock that we were just talking about, that, that mental burnout roadblock. Yeah, for sure. You start to lose the passion a wee bit, or the passion just starts to wane and starts to decrease, and you're operating out of, uh, you know, almost like sleepwalking kind of thing. You're just doing it out of routine and habit. And I think, uh, the, the improvement decreases that, that delta of improve, you know, of stat, of, um, ability or whatever, of skill or, but that change there decreases because stagnancy, man. Yeah, stagnancy. You said it really well with uh, that, that passion starts to wane. Right? Yeah. It's like a marriage. It's hard to keep it, you know, it's hard to keep it going. It's a, it's no walk in the park. It's not like in the beginning where you're like, I'm going to, this is awesome. But, uh, you know, <laughs> wait, is, is this <laughs> the 25 year mark? Wait, are, are we, are we getting to the heart of, uh, how you really feel about Lee taking the last of the coffee? Well, this is not like a, a fluke occurrence. And it keeps uh, the magic. You know, I never know what to expect. Is there going to be coffee today? Am I going to be able to have more than a half? Of yeah. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Um, yeah, you, you, uh, you do definitely do see people who diving becomes like a tedious job for them. Yeah. And and I'll say a lot of this is with like people who are uh, doing it for work, especially you you get that, you know, instructor that's that all he ever does when he goes diving is, uh, you know, the same old dive at the same old quarry. And it's, it's why when it comes for vacation time, he's like, you know, I think I'm, uh, I'm going golfing. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to go do some rock climbing in Utah. But right. the, the last thing he wants to see is another scuba tank. Right. I think in the commercial diving field, that was my worry, too, going into uh, into school there. was uh, Everybody told me, it's like, well, you love it now, but it, when you do it for a job, that passion for it, that love for it will be gone. Which I said, nah. And you know what? I, to a certain degree, it hasn't, you know, with me, it hasn't waned too much. I mean, I definitely don't have that same, you know, want to go and learn everything I possibly can about it. Of course, I'm also not, I'm older. <laughs> you you know, there, again, with life period, not to get too deep here, but you, you start to wane in your uh, enthusiasm for almost everything. You, you, you start to look at things in a different way, like, well, I can see the exit door up there. Maybe I should start heading towards that direction. <laughs> Uh, you know, interesting, uh, like you mentioned uh, about like being older and that will to, to want to learn something new, uh, for a lot of people, like, like you've been in it so intensely for, for a long time, which is different from a lot of people that may have been in it long, but not quite to the extent as you, you know, so you get people who, who, you know, have maybe have been diving for 20 years, but still want to improve. They want to get better. You know, they see people in the water that they, they want to emulate. They don't necessarily want to take another class. And interestingly enough, this, this is where like we've been working on this coaching program at UTD is that whole idea of 
just taking another weekend class to get another car, but not really have improved my ability at all. I'm, I'm over that. I'm not doing it anymore. It's stupid. I'm throwing money away. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm getting a, a new card and I'm getting a new manual to read through, but I'm not really improving myself on my ability, you know? Right. Well, that's where, you know, we've said that about, that's where a mentorship slash coaching, that's where you excel. I mean, that's, that's really what you need, especially after you take a class. Yeah, you get the pat on the back and the handshake. And so you passed it. But does that mean you're, you're there? Right. If you, if you get right back in the water and still are doing all the same old mistakes, have the same uh, negative uh, attributes to your, you know, your body mechanic in the water, just because you got that new car isn't helping anything out. Right. And that's where a coach, I think, every day or every, you know, every dive is somebody there to lend some words of advice, some wisdom and some, uh, you know, an ability to help you correct the things that you need work on. Yeah, and I maybe inspired too. I mean, that's another part of that coaching thing that, that a coach does for a team is they keep them inspired, keep them getting yeah. right. Yeah, and I think uh, people taking a break, this forced break that they have to do. I think a, a great way to come out of it better is by using that to kind of reflect on your own diving, the parts of diving that you like, the parts of diving that you really want to to fix. Not necessarily like. The, the, the next car that you want to have, but what is it about you that, that you want to be cleaner and better all the time that you don't struggle with? Yeah. Good, good uh, advice right there. Um, whether, I mean, this might sound a little ridiculous, but this is something I observe and have, have observed for, you know, 20 plus years, whatever, 30 years, uh, as an instructor watching people, for example, set up on the boat or set up for a dive. They're a lot of times they're doing a lot of wasted effort, a lot of wasted motion. They're doing things kind of backwards where they could, I mean, right now you could do that. Just get your gear out, set it up, take it apart, you know, put it back together. And then I know it sounds silly. sounds a little goofy, but hey, I think uh, it will familiarize you with that setup and make it go quicker, smoother, less chance for errors in the setup, which is where what you see a lot with uh especially tech divers. Well, yeah. Forget things that set up portion. Well, that's right there because people, they think too much of themselves, right? And in reality, they're still in the data collection phase, you know, of their diving, but they have this self-esteem of being this very, very seasoned technical diver. I've got 50, 80, uh, 100 technical dives in. Hunter technical dives, and I would say you're still you, you're still acquiring. Yeah, I think. Techn- I, say, I mean, I'm still I'm still acquiring, and, I, and I've been doing this my whole whole damn life, you know. Exactly. I uh, I think technical divers with any wisdom still understand that they're learning all the time, even if they've been doing technical dives for 25 years, you know, nonstop. Two, three hundred a year, or whatever. Yeah, well, those are, those are definitely the wise ones, no doubt about it. I mean, those are the ones that you want to learn that philosophy from. You know, if you say like that, how to how to carry yourself on a dive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say one other thing here because I'm just reminded of you know back in the old days, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and my old buddy, my old one of my old buddies, 
to practice that repetitive motion, that muscle memory to get that, because we used to talk about that a lot, the muscle memory of something as menial as the bolt snap on your harness, right? You ever have trouble with that, especially with dry gloves, right? right. We're here in cold water, just doing a bolt snap on your, on your harness and your chest D rings or even on your waist D ring with your SPG. Doing that can, if you, if you mess it up or you can't get it, it can take time out of it. Yeah. Especially when you're down at 200 feet, you go to check your gas and then it takes 45 seconds to a minute or whatever to bolt snap your, your SPG back to your, to your side. Right. Um, it starts to add up. It takes away from what you're doing. For example, photography. If I've got to check my, my gas. So it's a big to do because I got to do something with this camera. I got my hands full. I've got bottles underneath my, my, uh, my arm. Just the 45 seconds extra because I'm not proficient at snapping my bolt snap. It costs. It takes away from my photography. It takes away from enjoying the dive. And then not to mention what happens to you psychologically when you start getting frustrated that you can't do something so simple as clip a bolt snap. And then now your mind has been taken away from being in the moment and being in that flow state that you need to have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just that bolt snap thing. That's just one little menial thing for this example. But what he used to do was take advantage of his downtime. And his downtime was driving to and from work. He had a 40 minute drive. He'd wear his harness in the car. And as he's driving, he would be doing bolt snaps just to get the muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing that. I laughed at first, but I'm like, it's kind of ingenious. And it's, I mean, it's a really efficient use of your time. And I had a buddy in, in college, one of my roommates, uh, he's pre-med and he's smart, smart guy. But one of the things he used to do is he'd take all his notes and he'd put them in Ziploc baggies and tape them in the shower. So, I mean, his downtime, he was studying. Even. Well, I got to yeah. take an hour. I can be studying when I'm showering. And that's, you know, I mean, it's stuff like that. You can look at this kind of in the same way. It is downtime and you can be doing something when you're bored with it. You know, for example, strap your harness on and bolt snap. Uh, go yeah. set up the gear, take it apart, set it up, take it apart. Hey, listen, I think what, whatever a man wants to do in the privacy of his own home behind locked <laughs> behind <laughs> locked doors and closed <laughs> curtains, he should be allowed to do. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, when uh, somebody, like, opens up the door and sees you standing there with your scuba gear on in your, uh, in your uh, garage or your... Basement. Don, wax off. (laughs) All right, let's get back to this uh, article here. Okay. So, Uh, all right, so, hey, listen. Yeah. You got a nagging ache in your rotator cuff? Yeah. Have your knees been feeling stiff lately? Yeah. Well, face it, Brad, (laughs) no. I could just be getting old. It's because you're going, you've been going hard for a while. Mm-hmm. One part of your body is probably pushing at compromised capacity. Taking time off provides an opportunity for sore, stiff, and likely micro-torn muscles to heal. Heal up, baby. Yeah. Heal up. Maybe, uh, maybe that's what's wrong with my knee. Micro-torn muscles from... No, I think you got... It's got nothing to do with that weekend of rugby in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> I think you got macro-torn ligaments and macro-destroyed... Uh... Connective tissue there, that's all. It's understandable to be scared that a break from routine could compromise your strength or skills. 
But think of the athletes far better than you who've come back from much worse. There's no one better than me. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of people listening that are in the, in our listening audience that are like interesting perspective, but there's no one better than me. Don't they don't they know I've got this instructor Trimix uh, card, Trimix instructor card, the Trimix. Email, the emails are coming in right now. It's crazy. <laughs> But the, he mentions if BMX pro Matt Hoffman can keep riding after literally exploding his spleen and technically dying, uh, then then you can come back from just about anything. And uh, like I, I watched that video, it's it's these two dudes on a on a half pipe on BMX bikes. Yeah, that are like going at it, and about thirty seconds in, they collide head on. A uh, guy like splits his like leg wide open like through through the handlebars of the other bike bleeds all over the place and then uh like goes to his hospital and uh had a ruptured spleen totally nuts and to come back yeah you know from it like you you would think you'd be like from a scene from uh talladega nights you know talladega nights where he's like yeah after the the crash right i I can't uh I, i can never Never drive again. <laughs> Sweet baby Jesus, I can never drive again. Or, or, or something like that. Best. I piss excellence. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. <laughs> and although, like, most diving injuries aren't, like, something traumatic, like, crazy injury like that. But, like, when we did that episode, that Wild Weekends episode about the guy losing his leg to the shark. Yeah. Right? Or, or, or people who, like, have taken... Taking a weird, like, just, I did everything right that I thought, but took these weird undeserved hits, uh, DCS hits, you know, to, to be able to, like, get back and uh, get back in the water from something. It's pretty monumental when you think about it that way, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It takes a, a lot of mental fortitude as well as physical. So, yeah. And, yeah, and how you approach the dive is going to be way different most likely than what than how you did that last dive before, right? Like you're gonna go into it with more thinking. You're gonna go into it with hindsight. You're gonna go into it with a with a focus on whatever whatever it may be. You know, buddy awareness, uh, depth and time awareness. You know, just things that you before just took for granted when you're in the water. Yeah, that you know that's called wisdom. James, and no wisdom is gained without experience. That's just the way it is. And an experience like what you're talking uh, is a is very traumatic or very life changing. But it's a you know it's a an opportunity to gain a lot of wisdom, depending on how your mind works. Now, some people can look at it and let it let it all go, and they don't process any quote unquote wisdom gaining experience there. Whereas somebody with a you know, a good head on the shoulders. They'll look at their opportunity that arose because of what happened and gain the wisdom. Versus, yeah, versus gaining nothing and just doing doing the same old dive again. Exactly. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean by that's called wisdom, is using your experience to change your attitudes, behavior, to make yourself better. Yeah, better, right? Yeah, that's what old people do. Hey, you ever been stuck with? <laughs> I'm getting there. I am getting there. Yeah, I know. 
Ever been stuck with a math problem while studying all day or evening, only to know the answer the next morning? That's because our brain has a two-part system for developing skill. The first is conscious information gathering. We read books, practice drills, and go out and play on the water or on the slopes. We're basically deliberately collecting data, old Charlie says. The second part is unconscious processing. We've got the information, and now we need to sort it out. What worked, what didn't, what the technique was, why we wiped out, etc. That step occurs when we're thinking of or doing other things, or better yet, even sleeping, he mentions. More than that, he says, our brains have limited capacity for raw information. The newest data needs to be processed, understood, and made into unconscious body movements before we can add new information. Learning to jump the log will happen after you no longer have to think about shifting your weight on your bike. That's and this great. Is yeah, yeah. Good. That's then. I was just going to say that's, that's the whole thing is doing without thinking. That doing without thinking. And that's why you, you, you know, wax on, wax off for, for 10 months. Because now you're moving without thinking. You're, it's unconscious. It moves from a conscious movement or a conscious action to an unconscious action that you've perfected. You're doing it without thinking about it, right? And that's the same same thing. That, I mean, you can apply this to diving. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Because, I mean, I mean, how many times, like, you know, when uh, you're teaching, like, a class like The Essentials and people are – coming from this world of a completely new perspective of balance and buoyancy control and finesse with their fins and, and a perfect execution of technique, the overwhelming majority of people, that's an overload in the data collection process right there. But they're, but they're expecting to take a class like that and they're like, oh, I'm going to learn my back kick. I'm going to learn how to deploy long hose. I'm going to learn perfect buoyancy control on, over the weekend. That way I can be a tech diver uh, next weekend. Next week, yeah, next Friday. Uh, I'm good for my tech one class. And that's no. not the point at all. The, the, exactly. The I, I know we're, we're talking over each other, but I was just going to say, Right now, we're just spelling out the whole secret of the essential slash fundamentals class. And again, I go back to when I was becoming an, a, an instructor for fundamentals, and and JJ asked us, should it be a pass-fail class? And just because of what you just said right here, these these new skills, these new new attitudes and abilities and skills that are being introduced to you need to be processed. They need to become second nature. Because how, what was the failing point? Or, and you answer this too, James. What's the failing point? Where do most people fail in the essentials class? It's in the awareness because where is well, it's, it's not a, they, they can't perform a, a back kick, right? Oh. The, the failure is that they lose their mental focus when they overwhelmingly focus on the back kick. They've lost sight of everything else going on around them. And that takes time to learn. Right. It's doing without doing. Yes, your, absolutely. Your propulsion technique, your trim, your, your buoyancy, your awareness of your environment is doing without doing it. It's happening because you have, you have practiced it to the point that it's unconscious. And then when, when the instructor introduces uh, a line foul or a law, you know, 
your mask gets kicked off or whatever goofball crap that goes on that actually goes on when you're diving in a technical environment and you don't have the time to sit and, you know, lose focus. So take your focus and put it right onto that mask uh, replacement out of your pocket. You have to be doing that um, unconsciously or subconsciously. Right. And, and that's what you're trying to get through. That's what's different about, about a class like that is, I've got so much to show you, but it's not about learn these, learn these skills so you can move on to the next one. It's learn these skills so that you can develop your mind to the point of, I can handle all of this without having to focus on any one of these little skills. It's very good. You're doing without doing it. It just happens. It just does it by itself. So yeah, that, and that's, that was always my point I was trying to get across to people like, and that's why all of us, I think we were unanimous in that, in that class because we were the first instructor class for the fundamentals and we were unanimous in it shouldn't be a pass fail. It just needs to be like a, a, a workshop kind of thing, right? Where right. you get introduced and, and you get, you get a, a realistic feedback and evaluation from the instructor and you move on and you go, go put it into work, you know, put it into uh, effect kind of thing. I agree with you. I agree with you. When uh, AG left and went on his own, started up UTD, yeah, and uh, being part of that original group, I, I fought hard for the the same perspective of you. Yeah. Um, no, it, don't make it this simple pass fail class because it, it should be more than that. Do you know what I think the driving force in making it a, a pass fail class is? It's also the driving force in, in a lot of the things that I know I criticize in the scuba education community is it's a legal thing. It's a legal aspect. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I 100% agree with you. Yep, it's being part of the industry. You kind of get stuck into doing it. The problem that I, that, that I see, like, from a, you know, uh, mystical master on the mountaintop, you know, guru trying to teach these things, you know, is – this, when it's a, when there's a card at the end of it, the student doesn't have the ability to comprehend the magic that you're really trying to, to give to them. Nailed it right there. That card, that card screws everything up. I that, agree with you, man. I agree. You know, from the false sense of security that when you do get the card, you believe you've nailed it, you're there. To the. Yep, and I never have to practice it again. So I already got that. What's next? Exactly. To the other side, which is, I'll never get there because I couldn't get this card. And you get frustrated and you give up and you, uh. <laughs> you just go to another agency, get a breather, <laughs> and uh, call that a day. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> now that you know why taking a break can benefit you in your sport, the next thing to figure out is how to take time off that will best serve you. Everyone is different. So these are general guidelines. Apply them as you see fit. And he starts off by saying, figure out your time frame. Figure out why you need the break and go from there. Check in with your progress frequently and be flexible with and honest about your evolving needs. If you're ready to get back in the game earlier than planned, then get back into it. If you find you need more time, take it. It's that simple. And like you were saying earlier about, hey, just, Go out and grab your gear, put it together. Yeah. Something as simple as that. You know, uh, like, I, I, I'll tell you what, I've been doing this a long time. I've got a really, really solid routine of uh, not having to think about putting my gear together. But I know after all these months, 
Yes. That first dive on the dive boat, there's going to be question marks in my head, you know, the whole yeah. time before the dive. Right. Exactly. I agree. It's the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, use the time. It's a, a great point. I mean, the whole the whole article is real good. I think it's very apropos for, for the thing, the time we're going through right now. The the point of it is you can use this time to actually make your diving better. And this is how, right? Yeah. And while you have the time off, you still got to go out and do something. There's other things that you can be doing that are improving that same part of your brain that you're going to subconsciously tap into when you're in the flow of the dive that you can do right at home. And, and uh, they mentioned that, you know, paddlers try yoga, surfers pick up endurance running, skiers learn mountain biking, do whatever you want, but just do something in the time off that, that keeps your brain working in that zeny type of state that you that you want to be in when you're underwater in the moment. Right. Right. And do it without an, I guess my thing would be do it without an end goal in mind. Just do it to do it. Does that make any sense? Like, I, again, people get focused on this level of achievement versus the journey to the level of achievement. Boy, you know isn't, I mean? that, is, yo, isn't that the truth? Like, yeah. like everybody sits there and they, they'll, they'll talk about, you know, um, all of this shit that they got to do to learn cave diving. Oh my God. You got to do no mass drills and complete blackout air shares and a uh, lost line. You got to do this lost line drill. But once you get through all of that crap, you'll get your cave card and you can go cave diving versus looking at it going, wait, no, all these drills are, I mean, that's the fun part. That's, that's, and that's the tools, man. Those that's the, the that's the that's the stuff. That's the moment. That's what you're there for. It's not for the car at the end so you can not be tested. Because right. in reality, your life is always testing your ass. Very good. Well, it's just, uh, you know, for example, uh, target shoot. You don't go out, okay, take your pistol, go to the range, pow, pow. Okay, I nailed the center. I nailed the headshot, whatever you're looking for. Okay, I'm done. Now I'm going to go out just shooting whatever. No, you keep you continually practice that, so it becomes again doing without doing. You're, you're not, you don't have to focus on doing it; it just happens. So it's a good, yeah, it is a good time to do that stuff. Anyway, the benefit of trying a different sport is twofold. First, you can take your mind off of your game, and second, you can see body mechanics from a new perspective. Core rotation has a whole new meaning for paddlers. In a revolved side angle pose, which is like a, exactly. a yoga pose, right? Yeah, but it's the, it's, the, it's the same, but it's different, right? Looking where you want to go to follow your line is the same for mountain biking as it is skiing and snowboarding and paddling. The point is you get a fresh look at an old and perhaps stale concept in your sport. You're also doing it as a beginner. So you have to break the idea down to the core elements which helps you reconstruct it into your own sport. Great point. Yeah, totally, right? I don't know. Can you can you uh can we do a, any kind of activity that would be like that with scuba diving? In other words, I can see awareness, doing things where you need that broad awareness while, you know. Well, sure. So I mean, I mean look at um here in uh Michigan like being on a uh, like a hilly 
hilly trail in the woods on a mountain bike where you're running down at high speed, where you, you have to have the awareness of the trail twisting and turning and dropping and falling before you, right? But you, yeah. but you also have to focus on the, the mechanics of keeping the bike upright. You've got to focus on keeping your momentum going forward. You got to steer. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Doing like a yoga practice or a martial arts practice where, where you can continually move, right? Physically exerting yourself, but not lose control of your breathing to the point where you, you get exhausted and you lose your, your head mentally. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Those are great analogies. Those are perfect. Um, there you go. I mean, I don't have anything else I can add. Nailed it. <laughs> And then uh, he ends by talking about uh, the last one is be at peace with your decision. No one cares about your decision to take a break but you. <laughs> Nobody cares, man. I, I try to say that. Plus, Nobody cares that you failed this class. You didn't get to pass. Nobody cares but you. You're the only one. You're the only, yeah, yeah. You're the only one staying up at night that you're still struggling with a backwards kick. That your value in, in life and on this planet has been based on your ability to make it through this class and get the pat on the back. Right. No, like you're the only one that, that cares that you're still struggling with pulling off, you know, an, an air share near the bottom without destroying the visibility. Right. Or doing your seven minute ascent drill and. <laughs> and losing a mask and still being able to recover it in time. Yeah, so the 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 issue isn't being frustrated. The the issue is getting yourself into a mindset where you can work past it and not make it such a big deal. Because the reason the the biggest reason you're probably struggling with it is because you're frustrated that you're struggling with it. Well, that's an ego thing, yeah. Exactly. Your your friends won't call you out. Say you're making excuses or probably even notice. This is your path and yours alone. But the reason you're taking a break won't mean much if you stress about it. Very good. Now, although we're kind of being forced into our break, you can still apply that same feeling of the stress, especially when we, you know, positively look to the future of when this thing does finally get over and everybody can just get out and drive around and go dive and where they want, when they want. Those first couple of dives for a lot of people that, we're struggling with things a couple of months ago. If you, if you're taking this time not with the right mindset, it's not going to be a step forward. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Right. With any, that's with anything in life though. If you don't approach it with the right mindset, I mean, it's, it's wasted time. It's wasted effort. And, and, I, and I get like a lot of people and he's going to say it here in a minute too, but like a lot of people look at it as this weird new agey, you know, stuff about mindfulness and it's, it's just about the physical practice of the rote memory of each muscle movement on each little skill. Yeah, that's that early stuff that we were talking about, that early data collection, bringing this new information into your mind. But where you really transform that into an ability in the water is this part right here that, that, that we're being forced into on this break that we have. Well, the thing is, it's not really new agey. This kind of, you know, thought has been around for thousands of years. The idea of controlling your mind and your attitude and, and that'll help with any endeavor you pursue. 
from, you know, and you get this from martial arts and you get this from, that have been around for, for millennia, right? So yeah. it, it applies here too. If you are too stressed or focused on an end goal versus the journey of it versus the doing of it, you, you're going to miss the point. Yeah. The journey. That's it, man. Right. For sure. Uh, Charlie says, this may be easier said than done. At the risk of sounding all hippie, use this break as an opportunity to practice mindfulness. Just observing how you feel without judging it to be good or bad. Charlie sounds very uh, zenish. Like he's Ted, he's dabbled into the uh, to the fine arts. Now, I agree with you. I think uh, I think you and Charlie get along pretty well. Well, I mean, I've I've read those books for decades. I mean, when I was when I was a young kid, I my mother had you know a library of these types of books, and so I would I would get into it, and and then you would you would see parallels in some of the new self help improvement books, you know, books like Flow, when they start talking about Flow, and athletes start talking about Flow, and basically they're just describing the same thing that martial artists have been doing for thousands of years, which is yeah. yep, absolutely. that mental state where you have practiced so much that the action flows through you. It doesn't, you're not really doing it. It just happens. Yes. It comes out of you. That's, that's the state that you, if, if that's your goal and not just a certification card, right. boy, you are going to get so much more value out of every class you ever take. Right there. I mean, that's, that's, that's perfect. If you can make that a goal, and it, once you make that a goal, you realize that this journey is long. And you just, just take your steps, man. Just, just work on your steps. Don't, don't, don't have this idea like I need this card or that card or whatever. They want so bad to do these deep dives or whatever, and they're eager and they're enthusiastic and they do have skills and they do have the ability to do all the things they want to do, but they want it yesterday. They want yeah. it right now. They want the achievement, meaning they want that goal, but they don't want the steps to get there. They don't want that journey, that long, nice, even journey where the reward of actually doing that, you're going to find wasn't doing that. The reward was getting to the point of doing it. That's my humble opinion. But So it's not all about just having that rating. doesn't mean you can really pull anything off in reality. True. It's more than that. Yes. It's, and that can be, I would say, defined and expressed in how you participated in the journey. Very good. And well, Charlie closes out by saying, enjoy the rest and relaxation. You'll feel refreshed and stoked to get back in the water or on the trail before you know it. Pretty awesome. And the other cool thing is, Everything that he talked about, though he's kind of talking about sports, it applies to everything. You know, just like I always, I say in my house, man, diving is life. Life is diving. My pe my people in my house hate me for it because they don't understand it yet. But everything I learn from, I learn while I'm diving. I apply here. You know, even yeah. when emptying the dishwasher or working in the garage or whatever, the same conservation of movement, the same the situational awareness. Uh, it's too, like I always unload the, I always <laughs> unload the dishwasher. B W R A F. 
Bowls. Washboard. Exactly. Receptacle. Receptacles. <laughs> Rinse agent. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you just look at the, the dishwashing cycle, it's BWRAF. You got beginning, the wash, rinsing agent, and final rinse. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Diving is life, man. It is. It is. It is. I mean, I guess you could do this with anything, though, couldn't you? Couldn't you take anything that you've you've put a lot of time and practice and, and thought towards and uh, take that, you know, like I approach diving philosophically. I don't approach it uh, methodically in yeah, the sense mechanically. Like following a directions like you, you know, I don't approach it mechanically. I pr- approach it broadly in a philosophical type thing. So I don't know if that's to my benefit, to my detriment, but, but uh, so I can, that, yeah, I can take that and I try to apply it to everything, which makes me kind of a goofball. I, I mean, I make enemies in my house because, of course, I have my children I'm always trying to teach. But uh, I don't know. On the other hand, it, it makes everything kind of a deeper, richer experience to include emptying the dishwasher, vacuuming, cleaning the floors. Which, uh <laughs> Reminds me, while my essential working wife is uh, <laughs> at, at her actual job, I got to go rinse. I got to go empty the dishwasher. There you go. All right. Well, cool. Hey, sign log books. Uh, yeah, we better. We better. It's only log log that we're gonna get these days. All right. I'm gonna sign yours here. Okay. Because if, uh, if I don't sign this, you're gonna gain nothing. <laughs> okay. Hey, stay essential. Hey, I'm, I'm, I shall. You are essential. Don't let her, don't let your wife bring you down. You are essential. Okay. Thanks. So that's you people. Thank you. Safe diving. Safe, uh, practicing for that. Hey, everybody. Charlie is a she, not a he. We apologize to you, Charlie. I didn't realize this until I looked up Charlie after we had recorded this episode and saw that she was, in fact, a woman. So apologize. Check out her stuff. Nonetheless, is a fantastic article. Thank you.